Happer and Shaper. He says I take no joy in life. I can see that. Coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Why, why are you yelling at me? Whatever, make me a bicycle clown. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer. You might want to look away for this. Mike Schaefer. My boy's awake and smart. This is Happer and Schaefer. Welcome back. Hour number three of Happer and Schaefer here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Uh, fair warning, I'm going to be on edge for the next two days. The Royals put out a teaser for a new uniform. I haven't even seen them yet, and I'm already mad. So they're going to release them on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I'll do. What do you want it to look like? Not sure. I just want it to be good. What do you want it to not look like? I don't know. Interesting. It's a you know it when you see it situation. And you hate it when you see it situation. Yes. Interesting. Right. Yeah. I just I've always felt like they could do more with the colors that they have, but no, they're sort of locked in. They've locked themselves in. Yeah. Do you want them to go royalty in the Middle Ages with purple? You could go all. You could go all powder blue. They could go more powder blue. Teams have done that. The Rangers have those really cool jerseys. The Rangers. The Rangers have a powder blue, all powder blue. Powder blue pants are back. Remember where they did that in like the eighties? Vaguely. No, they're back. They look sharp too. All right, we're seeing how sharp they look. Oh, they do look sharp. Yeah. See? I think the Phillies brought theirs back. Your favorite Cardinals? Yeah, the Cardinals. The they, Mariners. They're actually nice, yeah. The Mariners one looks really good, actually. But the yeah. Rangers one looks good, too. Anyway, I'm going to be freaking out over the next two days. Uh, Michael Bruns joins us now. Hello, Michael. You guys talking alternate uniforms? You bet. Yeah, the powder blue from the 80s, that's a good look. And even the the teams that are not powder blue, like the Braves 80s jerseys, those are good. Um, the Pirates 80s jerseys are good. They're the the Cardinals one like, isn't good. The Cardinals, it's a little awkward with the yeah, red. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I I think that there was little good that came out of the 80s, but baseball jerseys in the 80s are pretty good. I'm glad that they've brought it. Like we, there was an appropriate amount of time where they. Where they went away, and now they're back, and they seem kind of cool again. Uh, the Rangers look is the best, I think. How do you guys feel about the Phillies look? Uh, the, their alternates, their their yeah. their powder blue alternates. Oh yeah, not Sean bad. Cooper, the the old school P. Yeah, you get the old P, so you get the maroon with the powder blue. I think that one's pretty sharp. Pretty sharp. I like that one. Yeah. So now yeah, I'm, hope, the- I'm hoping the Royals do something like that. Unveil some. They're they're unveiling a new jersey on Friday. You know what era of jerseys really suck, like looking back at it, or like the late 90s? Absolutely. Early 2000s? Yes. Yeah. Like the old, like... Everybody had a vest. Yeah. Like the ones that come to mind are like the Diamondbacks, like theirs sucked. Um, The Rays? Yeah. The Padres went to like a really lousy jersey for about three years, which is disappointing because that's a franchise that has a lot of good jerseys. But uh, that if we can avoid that era and just stick in the '80s, I think I'd be okay with that. Every team, every team had a vest, like the the Diamondbacks jerseys that you're talking about, the the Ray, the Devil Rays jerseys that you're talking about. They were all the Royals had a had a horrible vest. 
like a gray vest with the black undershirt. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm not sure why we all got into vests, but we did in the early 2000s. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like a puppy vest. I don't get it. That's really bad. (laughs) Bronze, look up 1995 Tigers alternate. You'll enjoy it. All right, give me a minute. This is good. This is good radio, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Look, look what we're googling. <laughs> Michael, uh, how did you enjoy the basketball game last night? Uh, well, I mean, it, oh god, those are bad. Um, <laughs> Which was worse, so, that jersey, that basketball game? <laughs> well, I don't. I, I wouldn't have to wear the basketball game, so. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I that, that was a tough one. I mean, it was basically every everything that you could not do against Creighton, Nebraska did. Um, you know, you, you could not allow them to get out in transition. Um, Nebraska did that. You allowed Creighton to you know, really take the crowd out of the game early. I mean, that that was probably the most disappointing part. Is you go up, what was it, five to one? Right at the right from the the jump, and you got the crowd in it and everything, and then it, it was just uh, crickets after that. But I mean, you, you give credit to, to Nebraska for fighting back, but um, you know, I, I think you, you probably leave that game with a lot more bigger questions about what Nebraska is going to do, and, and that's even you know before the, the the Trey McGowan's injury, which is just kind of the, the cherry on top for that. But um, you know, just not a not a good night, and, and, and that felt like a, a Creighton team at Nebraska, if it was clicking on all cylinders, probably could have given a good game. But um, just not, uh, not not a good place to be right now. I, I think they're definitely needing to, find, needing to find some answers. Through three games, it hasn't looked very good. Is there a player or two that you would say that you've been okay, that's kind of what I thought or better than I thought as you sort of look at individual performances? It's been better than I thought. Um, I don't know. I mean, everybody's just been so streaky. I mean, I think at, at times, I think Derek Walker's looked pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, C.J. Wilcher has probably been, uh, for stretches, um, pretty pretty good. Um, I, I think he shot the ball well. I you know, one guy I'd like to see a little bit more of that we didn't see much at all last night was Keon Edwards. Um, you know, I, I think he can make shots from outside. I, I think when you look at, you know, the kind of the, the rotations that seem to play well together and, and have success, he's kind of part of that group. But, um, you know, beyond that, this there hasn't been any kind of sustained good play, I think, that you would point to right now. Um, I mean, even... You know, Eduardo Andre looks great in that Sam Houston game. And, you know, last night really kind of struggled uh, in, in that opening stretch. So, you know, they're just in a tough spot because, I, you know, I know everybody's, you know, kind of down on Alonzo Verge right now. But, you know, when, when if you can get him mm-hmm. creating more than looking for his own shot, I mean, I think Nebraska's offense can function that way. That might be a an unpopular opinion, but... I do think he's got the ability to get in the lane and, and create for guys. It's just when he gets in the lane, he's going straight to the rim rather than, you know, finding those shooters on the outside. And, and that's just uh, a recipe for bad basketball right now. Stop me if you've heard this before. I, I like I, I'm pretty sure that Verge is, you know, 
simultaneously kind of their their ticket to winning games and also their ticket to losing games. It, it's it's he's got to be going the right way in order for it to work. How do they how do they kind of you know, get him on the right track, and Fred's gonna gonna stick with them, and they're gonna keep going. And, and now, without McGowan's, he's kind of the only option. So, what happens with Verge next? Yeah, I mean, you, when you look at the way that that Nebraska's roster is constructed, I mean, they they've got shooters, they've got guys that at other stops and in practices, and, and you know, have the ability to make shots from the outside. That's that's the Fred Hoiberg offense. What you need is somebody who can create and get in the lane and, and cause defenses to break down. And then you take advantage of that space. You knock down shots. I mean, it's kind of what they were doing against Colorado is the way that this is supposed to look. And I guess that's kind of the thing that's been such a head scratcher for me is you, you come out and play really good against Colorado. The offense is flowing. And the last three games, it's looked like a completely different team and like a game plan that was just markedly different from those exhibition games. So what you have to do is, is essentially you're, you're kind of deprogramming Alonzo Verge. I mean, yeah. at his other stops at Arizona State and Juco, um, he's been the guy that's had to go out and score every night for his team to win. And now you're basically going to him and saying, don't you know? Kind of fight your instincts a little bit. Create for guys, and and unfortunately, Nebraska is kind of having to you know come along through that process with him, um, just because they don't have anybody else on the roster with that kind of skill set. I mean, Trey, uh, Trey could be that guy, but obviously he's not going to be an option anymore. I don't think Kobe Webster that that's his game uh, in particular. So that that's kind of where they're at right now. And, you know, Fred Hoiberg says he's got a hundred percent confidence, but he kind of has to say that now because, you know, that that's the best kind of way forward for this offense is getting him into that role. It's just a matter of how, how quickly is that going to happen? I mean, it's in small stretches when it's looked okay, that's what he's been doing. But I mean, you saw last night, I mean, you, you go to the rim, you get a shot blocked, you, you get, you know, killed in transition, and and that's uh, that's how you lose games and uh, against you know Big East opponents, against Big Ten opponents, and that's just kind of where Nebraska is right now. Brunts, just uh, just like a half an hour ago, I, I gave a case for how Nebraska could win on Saturday against Wisconsin. If we worked if we worked backwards, and I just told you Nebraska did win against Wisconsin, what would that game sort of look like in your mind for the Huskers to have come out with a victory? Well, I think you're probably going to need to hit on a couple big plays on offense um, because I, I, I don't think that it's going to be a kind of game where you're going to be able to just grind it at. I mean, you're going to have to a little bit if you're Nebraska on offense, but I think you're going to have to hit on some big chunk plays that, that score points. So I, I think that's you know where you'd have to go. I think Adrian Martinez is going to have to have a good game. So if you, you told me that, I would assume that uh, Adrian was – more healthy um, and, and playing okay. Um, I, I would also probably assume that Graham Mertz did not have a good game. Uh, you know, maybe they turned it over a couple times, which Wisconsin has been prone to do. Um, I would probably also assume that Nebraska's defense was able to, to really kind of muck up uh, things and, and kind of make life difficult in the, in the run game for Wisconsin. So I guess those are keys. Um, you know, I, it, defensively for Nebraska, you know, you're going to have to try to make Mertz win the game. You know, if Wisconsin's able to just grind it out and just kind of 
you know, land the body blows and, and make it a 15 round fight. I don't think that's the recipe for Nebraska, but, um, you know, offensively, who knows with, with, you know, the way the staff currently is comprised and, um, you know, where these players' heads are kind of at after all their assistant coaches have been let go. I don't know, but, um, you know, I, I, I think, I think you're going to have to pop a couple big plays, whether that's, you know, trick plays or just, um, you know, finding kind of that, that glitch in the system that they did a couple of years ago against Wisconsin because they were able to move the ball. But um, you're going to have to find some kind of edge that way again, I think, because this is a really, really good Wisconsin defense. All right, Brunts, um, we'll let you go. Enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. I'm just going to sit here and Google uh, mid-'90s alternates. Yeah, let me, the morning. So let me know. You. Tweet at us what you come up with. <laughs> I'll report back. All right, Michael Brunts of Husker 24-7. Appreciate his time as always, and then whatever rabbit holes we decide to uh, jump into. The man loves rabbit holes. He does. He He will follow them all the way to the bottom. And then he'll foist them on you, and you'll be forced to <laughs> – to be in the rabbit hole that you had no desire to Every be in. once in a while, he'll come up with one of these facts where I'm just like, how do you know this? Why? He's a man of random. It's the rabbit hole. He's a man of random. We'll take a quick break. More up next on Happer and Schaefer. You're listening to Happer and Schaefer on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.